so maybe you tried to dry some food and now you want to do what I think is the most versatile thing, freeze some food. Today, we're going to talk about freezing fresh fruits and vegetables and prepared meals. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, a companion podcast to the upcoming documentary Backyard Gardens the movie, a story about two families growing their first gardens in a world that lacks nutrition. I'm your host and director, Ben Neville. So this is the second time we've done this podcast because I erased the first one, so maybe the second time will be the charm. And joining me today is my wife again, Kelly, and we are going to talk about freezing food. For the second time. (laughs) So we started with our food preservation, freezing. That was the first thing we did, right, was freezing? Yes, that was the first thing we started with. And then we started drawing. And then we started can we kind of went all around in circles, I think. But um so yeah, we took our stuff we were growing and we wanted to find a way to preserve things that didn't that would not can very well, so we started freezing. And my wife is going to tell you the basics about freezing and then we'll get a little bit more in depth. Uh Well, I guess to start with, we can talk about the different types of things that you'd want to freeze. Uh, I think we started with corn, green beans. Uh, You could also do carrots or sweet peppers. And then you could also freeze a variety of fruits. Yeah, we did the uh, corn on the cob when it was on sale at the grocery store. That was one of the first things we did. Yeah, our goal was to just buy up uh, vegetables that were in season And then freeze them so that we could have in-season food when it was out of season. Yeah, it was a lot cheaper than having, uh, having, buying the pre-frozen corn on the cob and you get twice the corn. So kind of worked out well, but, um, so what do we need to freeze and well, why do we freeze? Let's start there. So you already said that we want to preserve our food. To last longer and it's not as in depth as canning correct no it's definitely a lot easier than canning but it's not as versatile as meaning some of the things that you can can you can't necessarily uh freeze right i feel like it's a timeline issue where you can can and something will stay good on the shelf for at least a year whereas freezing depending on how you're freezing it you know, everybody's had the experience of getting those ice crystals in your sandwich bags trying to freeze food before, which is frustrating. And that's a perfect segue into what do we need to freeze? So we started out using Ziploc bags and then we tried to use the Ziploc bags, stick a straw in the corner and suck all the air out. And then we graduated into a, uh, what's it called? A vacuum seal. Vacuum sealer. So, yeah, you could also use plastic containers and you can also use canning jars uh, just to freeze your food. I think our our main experience is really with the vacuum seal bags because it sucks out all the air and then it seals it as it's sucking out the air. So your food just lasts a lot longer and you don't have the issue of the crystals growing on the inside. 
No, I mean, I think it lasts up to like two times longer. And we don't freeze meat or anything, but this is another good thing to do. If you uh, get like a big meat sale or something, then you can prepackage it. Because when I was younger, I used to do it all the time and stick it in Ziploc bags, but it never really, I always had freezer burn on it. I still ate it, but I always had freezer burn on it. And this is a good way to eliminate that. And our recommendation, uh, we actually don't have anything other than one to recommend to you because we've only had one for the past, I guess, eight years. We got it as a Christmas gift. And um, it is not the top of the line by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a middle road. And I'm trying to find it. It's all the numbers and stuff are worn off of it, all the words, but it still works fine. And it, uh, I'm trying to do two things at once here. Well, it's nice and simple because it's got two buttons on it and it originally came with its own brand name freezer bags, but we were able to buy, uh, food saver bags that weren't brand name for a little bit cheaper price. And, um, you put your food in the bag and you stick it in the slot, you close it down you push the vacuum button and it sucks out all the air and then seals it and you're done. And when you buy the pre-rolled bags, the good thing is you can cut them to fit whatever your needs are. Right. You can, the, when you buy it, it'll come with um, pre-made bags, but then afterwards you can buy the bags and you can buy rolls of them. You can buy them pre-cut. But uh, we get the rolls, and we actually don't get the food saver rolls. We go on a little further and get the generic um, rolls, and you save, I think you save like five, six bucks, and you get a lot of them, but they go really fast. And what we have here, um, this is apparently the upgraded version because ours is probably not made anymore, but it's the Food Saver FM 2000 Vacuum Sealer, and it's $69.00. And like Kelly said, it has two buttons and it has a seal so you can make your own bags. You just put your bag in, you push the seal button and it'll melt the edge of it. And then it has a seal button, which will vacuum it all out. No, I'm sorry. It has a, it's not, it has a seal button and then it has a vac slash seal button. So when you push that button, it'll vacuum all the air out. And then when it senses that there's no more air coming out, it'll seal it by melting that edge and like i said it's 70 bucks and it also has an accessory port where you could hook it up to a um into a can but it's i've never uh, when i say can i mean jar but i've never used it because you have to have a special top and i just never really felt like doing it but it also has an accessory port for that and the upgraded models they can get up to like 200 bucks or something but this is simple it's small it's easy to store and we use it for everything we don't just use it for our vegetables. Uh, we'll cook meals and then we will freeze the meals for later dates. So we don't have to buy frozen foods. We have quick meals already made. So there's a, there's a lot of different things you can do with it. And we'll talk more about that in a few minutes, but, uh, let's get back to the vegetables. So when it comes to vegetables, a lot of times you're going to want to blanch the vegetable. Now, blanching is a process where you heat and cool your vegetable. So a lot of times you have a pot of water on the stove, bring it to boil, you throw your vegetable, say broccoli in the pot, boil it for a minute, and then you immediately remove the broccoli and ice bath it. And what's that do? What's the purpose of that? 
The purpose of that is to actually soften the cell walls of the vegetables. So when it comes to freezing meat, apparently the cell walls of meat are already kind of soft, so you don't have to worry about uh, the consistency when you're thawing things. But vegetables have a stronger cell wall, so the blanching helps soften it. So when you go to cook your food after it's been frozen, it's not just going to be total mush. It also preserves some flavor and color. Except for the purple green beans that you grow, and then when you blanch them, they turn green, which was depressing. Same with blue lobsters. That's totally different. We're not growing blue lobsters. I'm not eh? saying we're growing blue lobsters, (laughs) but when you cook them, they turn red. Truth, truth. I wanted to eat a purple green bean. I was upset about that, but that's okay. And uh, on the note of green beans, we started off freezing those, and I realized that I did not like frozen green beans as much as I like them canned. I don't know why that is, but so we ended up canning our green beans after that, but we had a lot of time to experiment with different foods and stuff like that, different vegetables to freeze. And um, what are the top vegetables that, because I know I may have said this in the previous podcast, but I'll say it again. My wife does all the canning and the freezing for the most part, and I do all the stuff outside. So she usually um, handles all that. So what do you usually freeze? As of recently, we've been freezing okra, we freeze corn, and then mostly it's prepared meals nowadays. Oh, we freeze uh, fruits too. We went and picked uh, fresh strawberries this year. We didn't grow quite enough to um, make jelly or freeze on our own, but we went down to a local farm and picked a couple pounds of fresh strawberries and we froze those. We froze them and made jams and jellies, which is coming in the next episode. And there's certain fruits that we like to eat a lot too, like blueberries and mangoes that are definitely easy to freeze and reconstitute and cook well after freezing. Yeah, since we started canning more, we got out of freezing as much because we found that the things that we like to can, we actually use more. But we've tried eggplants, squash, zucchini. Uh, bell peppers. What else? We've done potatoes where we've shredded them and frozen them as hash browns. Oh, yeah, that worked out good. But what the food saver did end up doing is it, and it's like we said, we, we pre-cook our meals and use it that way too. So it's a multi-use tool for your kitchen. You can get more than one use out of it, which in my mind I think is a it's a good way to uh, get the biggest bang for your buck. So we would do um, pancakes. We'd do a lot of pancakes. We would make a huge batch of pancakes. I mean, more pancakes than you'd ever want to eat. And then we would freeze those. And the trick behind freezing is if there's anything that you're going to freeze that's soft, you want to pre-freeze it so it's not soft and then stick it in your bag and freeze it. Right? Yes. The same goes with uh, when we've made homemade vegetable burgers. Same thing. We make a huge batch and then you have to freeze those ahead of time before you seal them in the bag. Yeah. Miyoko Shinner has a good book for all the uh, plant-based people out there. It's uh, called the Make Ahead Vegan Cookbook and it gives you recipes like that. And it's specifically designed for you to cook these huge batches and then pre-freeze them all. So, you know, it works out well. And then the thing with this is, is even though we're kind of talking more about freezing uh, meals, but you can also use your fresh cut vegetables and herbs and stuff like that in there. And then you can get a good, you you can use your vegetables that way and then continue to enjoy them throughout the year. 
And one thing we did freeze is um, basil. We, fr- we used to freeze basil a lot too before. And then we made pesto. And I think we froze pesto for a bit. I don't remember now, but maybe. Yeah, I remember making I remember making these little tiny bags of like single serving pesto. It was kind of a pain, but we did that. And then we would do uh, beans. We would get dried beans and then we'd pressure cook those, cook them down. And we did the math and I think it was like a can of beans ended up being like four cents or something by the time you were done. And we would pre-freeze them in uh, cans of beans and the size of a can of beans. So those are some ways to use this food saver other than your vegetables. But getting back to the vegetables, is there anything about freezing fruits that people should know? Just that there's a variety of way to do it. Uh, you can freeze fruits just at whole, or you could water pack, sugar pack, or syrup pack them. And so those are just different mechanisms uh, by which you're, you're either adding a syrup or a water to how you're freezing it. What does a syrup do? Uh, I think it just keeps it sweet. So is a syrup like a sugar? Yeah, the syrup's a combination of of some water and sugar. I mean, it's kind of like when you cook, um, or not when you cook, when you eat canned fruits, the syrup, I, I believe, is just sugar. So that's a way to get sweeter fruits out of there. And then for the vegetables, you said blanching. Did you cover all that stuff? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, with the blanching, like I said, it it inactivates the enzymes. And so those are the things that can affect flavor, color, and texture. And you pretty much just select your vegetables and blanch per recipe. Now, we usually recommend always following a recipe when it comes to at least canning for sure. Um, If it's a vegetable that needs to be blanched, I would follow that recipe as well. And then... Once you've blanched and you've drained your food, then you can just seal it in your freezer bag. And if you have any questions about canning or freezing, I'm sorry, you can go to uh, once again, pickyourown.org and right on the front page, it'll say freezing instructions and it'll pull up a list of different um, fruits and vegetables that you can freeze and then you can click on it and it'll tell you. So let's look at broccoli. No, you already talked about broccoli, didn't you? I talked about blanching broccoli. Yeah. So let's go to, uh, here we go, eggplants. So when you do the eggplants, it um, it will tell you here that you need to blanch it. And it'll tell you that it cooks down and that you need to add a little bit of lemon juice to it, which would bring up the acidity. Yes, it would. So that'll make it last longer, correct? It'll kill bacteria. Okay. And so, and it just pretty much breaks down, you know, it's pretty simple, but it'll tell you to get your pots ready and then just blanch it. And it'll just kind of reiterate what Kelly just said. And it'll tell you how long to blanch it for. So for eggplant, you blanch it for four minutes and we use this website when we did ours, but it turned out, it turned out kind of funky. It was like, kind of mush when I got done with it. I probably did something wrong, but you know, it's all trial trial and error, but also I think the lemon juice in this recipe is just to preserve color. Cause you know, when you slice an apple and you leave an apple on the counter for, you know, half an hour, it starts to Brown. 
adding a little bit of lemon juice to your apple or probably your eggplant will preserve the color and keep it from browning. Not the new GMO apples. They don't turn brown. Yeah, well, we don't eat those. <laughs> we don't think. Um, and what's your favorite thing to freeze, uh, fruit or vegetable? I probably, because we make so many jellies now, prefer to freeze vegetables. And Okay, so which vegetable do you like? Mm, green beans. Really? You like the frozen green beans? I like frozen green beans because they're a pain in the butt to can. <laughs> it's a lot easier to freeze them. True, we got a couple pounds to uh, can now. Well, now we can freeze some. Uh, I like to do the okra. So we freeze our okra because one okra plant can give you pounds and pounds of okra. Sometimes you're getting two or three okra a day for the last part of the summer. And we will freeze it and use it in our stews and soups and different things like that. Um, the only downfall of okra is it gets slimy when you cook it. But the freezing doesn't really change that. But if you add it into the stews and stuff, it kind of, I guess it masks it. But we had an issue last year where our friend Florence came to give us a visit and we had froze. How much do you think we froze? It was a lot. A couple pounds easily. Yeah. I mean, we had like five huge packs. I would say probably five pounds of okra at least. And we were giving away a bunch, but then we lost power. And when that happened, everything thawed and we had lost power for like six days, I believe. And when it we went back to it, it was all moldy. So that's something to keep a, an eye out when you're freezing food is if you live in an area where you can have power outages, especially in the summertime, then you need to keep that in mind that all the stuff that you froze might not make it. So we had to throw out an entire crop of okra. So we learned our lesson with that. But if it's the wintertime, it's not a big deal because anything that's frozen, you just take it outside and stick it if it's cold enough and it'll freeze. And that goes along with when we were talking about freezing the pancakes. We used to do that up north where in the middle of winter, we would cook our pancakes and then we would take them and lay them on a cookie sheet not a cookie sheet. It was a, uh, what are that thing yeah, called? Yeah, baking the, sheet. Or I was talking about the wire thing that you use when you bake. Cooling rack. A cooling rack. Excuse me. I need to watch more. I nailed it. And um, we would set those out on the porch and just let it freeze. So we have like our whole table on our back porch covered with pancakes in the middle of the night. And then they'd freeze and then we could bring them in. Because otherwise you got to do it in batches in your, in your freezer. So um, in the middle of winter is a good time to do stuff like that. But... Just keep an eye out if you're in the summertime and you're going to be losing power or anything like that for an extended period of time. Just remember that there is an, that is an issue with freezing food, which is where in our next episode, we'll talk about canning where you don't really have to worry about that. But And some of the other vegetables that I was just thinking about that I like to freeze would be peppers because I'd rather have a frozen pepper than a canned pepper. Same with maybe asparagus. No, a canned... Um... What's it called when you char the peppers? Roasted, Roasted red, red peppers. They're good can. Well, they're good can, but just your regular run of the mill rainbow peppers, green, yeah, yellow, orange. I'd prefer to have those frozen. Yeah, and you don't freeze the whole pepper. You no. You cut the pepper and then you freeze it like you're going to cook it. So it's just like when you go to the grocery store and you pull it out, you put it right in in the pan the way that you freeze it. So it it does take a little bit of prep time. But when you go back to use the peppers, then bada bing, it's ready to go. You don't have to do anything. You just throw it in the pan. Same with broccoli and cauliflower. I can't imagine eating canned 
cauliflower. Oh, that'd be horrible. Yeah, that'd be really gross. <laughs> I'm not a cauliflower fan. I'm not on that bandwagon right now, so I can't really say one way or the other. But yeah, and a lot of these vegetables too, like we actually have, uh, I don't know, we probably have about eight or 10 eggplants outside that I need to go harvest. And when I do, I'm going to go ahead and cut them and cook them and then pre-freeze them and freeze them. So we have uh, fried, however we cook them, we might fry them, we might bake them, whatever, eggplants ready for a meal. So that's something that like some of these things like squash and whatnot, they're not very good if you freeze them raw, but you can pre-cook them and use and do it that way. And you're still using the stuff out of your garden. Yeah, especially because we're coming up on the winter season. If you have any sort of winter squashes, you can peel them and cube them and freeze them like that. Or you can make zucchini noodles if you still got zucchini coming in and freeze that. All those would work really well. Yeah, well, the winter squashes will last a couple of months in your um, pantry if it's cold, cool enough. But yeah, the the squashes and stuff like we did zucchini, we, we um, pre-shredded it. And then we used that solely for zucchini bread. And that worked out great. Yeah, I feel like we had to do a fair amount of draining before we froze it, though. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, I think you did. It's very high water content. So a lot of times you can add salt to your vegetable and just set it in a colander and let it drain and the salt will help remove the water. Yeah, you definitely have to. um, And you're supposed to blanch it if you slice it. I just looked it up on the pick your own. But for us, we just literally shredded it and froze it because I guess we figured we were going to bake it at, I don't know how high you bake it at, but it would be high enough to kill bacteria. Uh, yeah. I mean, I want to say it's 170 for meats. Yeah. I, I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. So, I mean, but when you bake the zucchini bread, it's at what? 400 degrees. Yes. Yeah. So it's hot. I don't bake 350 to 400 somewhere in there. I don't bake at all. My wife on her birthday makes me get her uh, ice cream cake because I made her a cake that was literally as hard as a brick. (laughs) It wasn't his fault. It was gluten free. I know gluten free's come a long way. So this was about five, ten years ago. And there's nothing like baking a cake for your wife's birthday and then being like, can you help me get out of the pan? You know, basically she had to bake her own cake when it's all said and done. So I'm banned from that. It's okay. I like ice cream cake. Truth. What's your favorite ice cream cake so everybody knows? The standard Carvel with the crushed up cookies. I don't think that's standard. Yeah, that's standard. Is it? With chocolate on the bottom and vanilla on the top and some sprinkles. With ac- And the cookie crumble in between. With actual cake in it? No, it doesn't have actual cake. It's got vanilla on the top, a layer of cookie crumble, then chocolate on the bottom. Oh, vanilla ice cream, chocolate ice cream? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's just ice cream. I like it when it's actually cake. We got to find a happy medium. So, yeah. And you can freeze soups, too. They don't work as well in the bag. If you freeze them in the bag, you kind of got to lay it and get a little flat. But you can use Tupperwares and stuff like that. But remember, if you have air in it, it will um, it will mess up the shelf life, I guess is what you could, the freezer life of it. Well, you have to make sure that if you're using a jar, especially if you're doing soup, that you have enough headspace. And headspace in this case is talking about having enough room for the food to expand because it will expand as it freezes. So you're supposed to leave about a half inch of headspace. So when it's all said and done, freezing is pretty basic. 
There's not a whole lot to it. You just need the right tools. And I guess the big takeaway from this one is to get a food saver that are not necessarily the brand food saver, but a vacuum sealer to extend the life greatly of what you grow. Because in my mind, in the middle of winter, I like to pull something out of the freezer or open a can of something that I grew this year. Because in our family, we try to eat vegetables that come from the continent of North America. So, you know, you don't get eggplants in the middle of winter here. So we can pull out some eggplant and we know that we can still have it and we can add that diversity into our lives and to our diets that way. So that's just the important takeaway behind um, freezing is don't eat freezer burn stuff anymore. It's not really, <laughs> it's not necessary once you get the right tool and you don't have to rush out and get the most expensive product. Like I said, we've been using the middle range one for years. It's really easy to use and you can get the refills for it even cheaper. It, it just depends on how much work you want to do, but cutting and making your own bags is literally just taking a roll measuring how long your, how big your food is. And then you cut, I usually leave about three inches ahead of where the top of the food is. You cut it, you seal it on one end, and then you stuff your food in and you vacuum it. And it's real easy to make your own. So you can save a lot of money that way. And when we talk about freezing our food and, and freezing our meals, since we're doing our recipe today, we are going to give you a, uh, an actual meal that you can freeze and use throughout the year if you want, but it'll incorporate vegetables that a lot of people already grow inside of their, in their garden. So Kelly, give us the recipe of the day. So our recipe of the day is south of the border, black beans and rice. So you would take black beans and vegetable stock and you'd cook up your black beans, add a cup of water, and you can do this in a slow cooker. You just add the water as needed. You add an onion, some hot sauce, cumin, sea salt, baking soda, and then an extra almost up to two cups just to make sure you don't run out of the water cook up your beans, add whatever vegetables you'd like, onions, peppers, jalapenos, tomatoes. You add some rice to it. And then when it's all done and it's cooled off, you can freeze. You'd probably want to use a hard-sided freezer safe container and uh, freeze it for uh, overnight or up to three to four months. Three to four months. Does it say what to freeze it in? They don't care, do they? Just a hard-sided freezer-safe container. So they're saying you can you put it in a Tupperware. And to make this cost-effective, you can use uh, dried beans. Just cook a big bag of dried beans, pre-soak them so you get all the farty-fart um, chemicals out of them. And is it chemicals? Is that what it, It's not a chemical added. No, it's not an added chemical. It's just... It's an enzyme or something. It's something to do with, yeah, the, whatever's in the bean. If you don't soak them well, then... It gives you gas real bad. Mm -hmm. Anyways, just take a bag of beans and cook those. So really what it's telling you is that you can freeze the beans and then you can make your own salsa to put on. And we gave you in one of the previous episodes, I think it was episode 
one or two, we gave you a pico de gallo. Is that how you say it? Gallo. Pico it's de gallo. Is that double L? Gallo. A salsa, a fresh salsa recipe mm-hmm. that you can <laughs> that you can use um, and make out of your own garden. So it's, and then you can add to it or take away as you want. And I'm sure you can freeze rice if you wanted to. I don't, yeah, we. I think we used to freeze rice. Did we? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, you could freeze the rice, and then you just need to add some kind of salsa. So we. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. We do this a lot. We have this cookbook here that it came out of. It's called the Make Ahead Vegan Cookbook, and it's 125 freezer friendly recipes. You don't have to use vegan cookbooks if you don't want. That's just what we have. And if you want, and sometimes we'll add tofu to it or whatever. But if you want to freeze meat, as long as it's pre-cooked meat, it's just like freezing anything else. So the the freezer life of it might be a little bit shorter, but it's not as it's not like freezing a raw meat. So, and you can check out the author's website at veganinthefreezer.com where she's got some healthy vegan food recipes on there. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes for the food saver that we recommend and the uh, cookbook that we use. And if you guys want to hear more make ahead cookbook, uh, not make ahead cookbooks, make ahead recipes, let us know and we'll share them with you. But until next time, which is going to be the holy grail of canning, which at this point we've already recorded because I deleted this one in order to record that one. So, but we will teach you about canning and give you our experiences. And if you guys have any questions, let us know. Do you have anything you want to say before you go? No. Happy freezing, everybody. Happy freezing. Bye-bye. So if you have any questions or want to know what we've been up to, you can follow us on our social media pages. On Facebook and Instagram, it's Backyard Gardens the Movie. And on Facebook, we also have a group. It's called Backyard Gardens. We have a website, BackyardGardensTheMovie.com. You can sign up there for an email to get updates about production and release dates for our movie. And give us a like and a review on iTunes or in your favorite services because it'll really help us reach more people. Because we want to help everybody learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.